Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning. Come on in. Pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller. And we are so excited to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Our baristas, Cam Clutter. And today in the cafe, we're going to talk about walking together as brothers and sisters and the beautiful fruits that come from having strong spiritual friendships. Joining our conversation are Scott Muehlbauer and Todd Treon, who both serve on the leadership team for the Columbus Catholic Men's Ministry. Hey there, Amanda. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good. You want to start us with prayer? In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for your goodness and for your blessings and your graces. Lord, we ask just to be attentive to the ways that you are drawing us near to you today and that we would respond to your love. We ask for open hearts to love you more, minds to know you more, that your goodness would abound in our lives and that we would pour out to those around us. We offer this prayer through the intercession of Mary and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Amanda. You were in two of our parish schools yesterday. That's right. I was. I was at St. Mary, Delaware, and as well as St. Paul. Mm-hmm. So. Recording more Divine Mercy chaplets. Yes. What yes, a blast. It, yeah, it really has been. And it, it just, so I used to teach um, confirmation and first communion. And I'm as I'm doing this with St. Gabriel Radio, it's just nice to be in the classroom again. So mm. yeah, be around the kids and their excitement and their joy. It's been a real blessing. The The schools do such a wonderful job of preparing them mm-hmm. for, for your visits also. And there's such enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love editing these chaplets and, and then of course listening to them as well there, there's something about uh, listening to children pray and, and and just their their purity and their innocence and and also their joy mm-hmm. um, you, you you can tell when they're having fun together mm-hmm. and 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 praying together um, so and today you're doing, you're going over to NERC. Yes, I am. So I'll be at St. Francis de Sales and I'll be at Blessed Sacrament. Another full day. So yeah, Good. looking forward to seeing them all. Yeah. Thank you all uh, in the parish schools, uh, the the staff members, the teachers for preparing the children. Of course, thank you to the children and um, yeah, just those communities for welcoming us and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and doing this for us because I know the... Our friends that listen really appreciate uh, hearing hearing the children's voices. Mm-hmm. So, good gospel reading this morning for our show today. Yeah, I think it fits quite nicely. I love this passage. So, this is from Mark chapter two, verses one to twelve. You got it, Cam. I got it. 
When Jesus returned to Capernaum, after some days it became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door. And he preached the word to them. They came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Unable to get near Jesus because of the crowd, they opened up the roof above him. And after they had broken through, they let down the the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, Child, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there asking themselves, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? And Jesus immediately knew in his mind what they were thinking to themselves. So he said, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, pick up your mat, and walk. But, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your mat, and go home. The paralytic rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Hmm. We've never seen anything like this. This is a really easy passage. for. I, I love this passage, and it's a real easy to enter into the scene. You know, you can just feel the some of the chaos that's happening around there and the, and the you know the crowd and pressing in and all the senses the the noise the smells you know just easy for me anyway to enter into that scene and well i have some thoughts on on, on the four guys and the paralytic but uh, cam what stood out for you uh, just running off of like the senses too. I always imagine that's like that moment when they start like ripping open the thatch roof. It's probably like falling on the inside a little bit on Jesus, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What the heck is going on up there?" You know. Um, yeah, I think I think what really stands out to me in the passage too is, um, just how the Lord isn't like even phased by it. That he's not phased by the faith that the men have to be silly and outrageous and get up on the roof just to get their their brother into him um he's not phased by the way the pharisees react he's not phased by probably the commotion or anything but he keeps his like calm and peace because he knows and and it always just reminds me i've been really convicted in prayer lately of just god's mercy in general and and it always reminds me of his mercy is just that part of him that just always remains unfazed um, and grounds him in that like loving nature that he has. Nice. Amanda? I think the first thing that stuck out to me was it became known. And yeah, I suppose that must have been because of word of mouth. There was an excitement. There was a um, draw to Jesus. And there was a uh, let's tell everyone. And then the crowds start coming and yeah, that it, I like that they let each other know and they came together. Mm. I I don't know if I had noticed this prior 
to just praying through this passage recently. The four guys brought brought their friend, and who, who actually initiated it? Mm-hmm. You know, what was it? The the guy that you know the the paralytic himself who said to his friends, you know, I know about this guy, and I want you to take me to him. Or was it one of the men who knew about Christ or knew Christ and said, we want to bring you Mm -hmm. to see him? Or did they just show up at the paralytic store that morning and say, we're going to do something pretty major today? And that expectation, you know, they wouldn't have gone through to, through that trouble of cutting through the roof if they didn't have faith, if they didn't have trust that something big was going to happen. Or was it the guy on the mat saying, get me closer yeah. and urging them on? Mm. And I think we've both been in those situations, you know, where um, in whatever brokenness uh, to need brothers or people around you to carry you mm-hmm. and and then walking with uh with others to the lord where you notice one of the guys that are with you needs to be carried and I, that's what i'm looking forward to in this conversation with scott and todd today um to go through some of those situations and how important it is to have these spiritual friendships and walk together with others um, does that make sense? Oh yeah. So much truth in there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, I mean, situations, Amanda, in, in your life where either needing to be carried or really seeing somebody, one of your friends that needed to be carried? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, when you said the need to be carried, it really struck me because that takes a level of humility to one, recognize okay, I'm in need, and then two, to allow someone to help you. And uh, I, I do try to be attentive to that in, in my friends, you know, like who, who maybe posts something on social media that seems like maybe they're a little down and I need to reach out to them and just have a conversation. Or, uh, or when I recognize in myself, you know, I could really use a friend right now and, and taking that step of humility and just being like, okay, I can't do this myself. And reaching out to someone and just saying, hey, can we meet up for coffee? I kind of need to just chat. Um, and allowing that vulnerability to, to draw me not only to my neighbor, but hopefully my neighbor draws me also to Christ by, by walking through this together. Um. Cam, Amanda, are, are, are women more aware of what's going on? I, I, just looking back, <laughs> I, I am just so oblivious sometimes to what's happening in others' lives. Uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, I do think that the feminine heart does have an attunement to the other, right? I think there is something in that. But, I w- of course, men have that as well, you know, as, as you're walking with your brothers. I'm sure you notice something's off and in yeah. your own way. Whatever you do, what do you do? <laughs> well, and, and there's that trust, that awareness, that that friendship that really has to happen. I think with guys, especially to to get to that point, because there's always a, a distance that I've felt in in sharing life mm. 
until there's a relationship really formed. How about you, Cam? Or is, I mean, is this a Dave, a Dave thing? No, or? no, I think it definitely takes, because I always think about the, the places that I've formed those really tight brotherhoods in my life with, with guys that like, I, I mean, some of the guys in my life I consider almost even closer than, than my birth family um, in many ways, just because of the, like the ways they've walked with me through the seasons and, um, I often think of like those backyard campfires at like 10 o'clock at night when it's, you know, everyone else has gone to bed and it's just a couple dudes sitting there and, mm. it's, and it's quiet. And in a funny way, I think sometimes guys can form a brotherhood without having to say anything, but just simply by being like in the moment with one another. Um, I also think of like, you we're, we're, a lot of men are built as doers. We we do things, and and then when we do the thing, then we, you know, sit on the couch and and bask in that glory afterward or whatever it is. And uh, I I can just like remember multiple times in my life. I I have a, one friend in particular who's coming to mind right now. Who, um, we went through right at the beginning of COVID. We were both missionaries at Damascus, and both kind of went through this really intense period of of flipping all the programming up there at Damascus from in-person retreats to online, mm. you know, trying to figure out how to bring kids to encounter Jesus online. And um, we ended up being the only two guys who were pretty much like on all the time and everyone else would like, they'd be on for this like online retreat and then get a break and stuff like that. But me and my, my buddy Jack, um, were the two who were like on the whole entire time and, and coming out the other end of that, Jack always refers to me now as like, um, like we did that together. And so now it's basically ride or die all the way to the end, you know, hmm. um, and just impacted me how, how he leaned on me in those like couple months of just really intense. I mean, we were working like probably 70 or 80 hour weeks during that time, which is not what the rest of the world was doing. Um, and just recognizing like how that formed and fashioned our brotherhood to this day. And I was his best man and his wedding and he was one of my best men of mine. And um, yeah, just really grateful for that brotherhood in my life and, and how it was just really formed in that like intense period um, coming back to the bonfire. It formed in the fire in many ways, you know, that, that we get thrown, I think of Daniel in, or, yeah, Daniel and Radchek, Meshach and Abednego in the in the Bible, they get thrown into the fire together. Yeah. And it's there that their brotherhood is formed. Wow, I love that. Yeah, thank you. You guys are ready to jump into the conversation? Scott Mulebauer, Todd Treon. Welcome to the cafe. Good morning. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Scott, um we, we Todd, you've been on the cafe, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Scott, first timer. First time, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, You're at St. Paul? I'm at St. Paul. Uh, I was reached out to uh, by Father Wilson last year to help out, and uh-huh. I think that went from helping out a little bit to next thing. I'm pretty much leading a lot of parts of it, so... Uh-huh. And your military back background? I'm retired military. Did 29 years. Uh huh. Good. Good. Todd, your parish. 
Church of the Resurrection. I was going to say that because I think I messed it up last time, but Church of the Resurrection. Yeah, yeah a little over 20 years. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, currently involved as a, a lector and a men's ministry leader. Uh, we, uh, we do That Man as You. We also are planning our second annual retreat this year and looking forward to that. Um, and, yeah, so the more... Uh, I've been able to get involved through some of those programs as we talk about the topic, especially with That Man Is You. Um, it's uh, a session that is driven around small groups mm-hmm. and formation, and it has led to a lot of really new and, and very deep friendships. Yeah. Well, I would imagine it, because I had served with uh, the men's ministry for, for some time. Cam was mentioning about... Um, <clears throat> deeper friendships coming out of shared experiences and, and, and Scott in your in your life I would think uh, some of the bonds that you formed in the military well I can agree with what Cam was discussing about the two of us being thrown in a fire and having a friendship and a brotherhood that it will last forever I have several of those yeah and I live by those and as Todd was discussing uh, that that man is you uh, um, one of our fellow leadership Mike Lisi who was on a couple weeks ago Mm-hmm. Talk me into joining that man as you, and it's helped me. The gospel uh, passage that uh, that we were reflecting on, did any of that resonate with uh, with the two of you, with the the four guys in the paralytic? Yeah, the thing that stands out to me is, uh, I mean, in addition to everything that's been said, sometimes when you're in the moment and you might just be with your guys and their friends and often not talking a lot about feelings, just staring at a football game. But there may be a call to action that just comes up and happens. And so that hmm. that's what makes me wonder about that situation. Did they really plan it, or did they just say, you know what, they're looking at the guy who's the paralytic and, and their brother, and they love him, and it's just enough is enough. There may be an option here. Let's just go. Uh, because how do you plan to tear apart someone's roof? And, and by the way, <laughs> right. it makes me think of the practical side as a homeowner. Like, who's up there tearing apart my roof? Um, mm-hmm. And who are these guys dropping down through the ceiling? Um, uh, and, and so sometimes it's just, do we answer that calling in our hearts? And, and maybe there was a strong love for their friend. Um, maybe there was a belief that they've heard some things and one got going and they got the others going. It's like, yes, we're going to take this hill, uh, and away they go. Um, but you know, sometimes it, it, it just comes down to, are you willing to answer that call or do you push it aside? And are you listening to that small inner voice that may be the Holy Spirit asking you to act? Hmm. I think that was more like the two-minute drill in football. You really weren't planning that, but you're rolling with it, and you're dragging them all the way to the top to, to get them in there. It it does make me think, out of all of those guys, was there one of them who maybe didn't believe and was like, okay, well, my friends are doing this, and they're rallying, so here we go. Let's Let's do it anyways. And then I'm sure if he was in a place of doubt, and then seeing the miracle, being with his friends, experiencing the, to the, that together, there must have been a conversion of heart. And that that's one of those details that's left out. You right. know, that, that you can. That's really interesting, 
Because out of the five of them, somebody had the deep faith. Right. It may have been that person then that initiated going to the Lord, or it may have been somebody else based on that person's faith saying, I don't quite see what you have, but because you have this desire, we're going to step up and, mm-hmm. and help. So th- those are the details. And I think those situations are so um, real and and can all happen different ways throughout our life, you know, where it's, it's that brother that has a need and somebody else in that brotherhood has the action plan and then it all just comes together. Mm-hmm. But it's having the trust within to listen to them or to let them lead. Or yeah. You take the lead. Yeah. It, so it does make me wonder as we're talking about this, just, okay. You're all men here and I'm a woman. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just going to phrase it starting from there, but there seems to be sometimes more of a hesitancy in a man. If I can generalize things right to maybe be a part of a ministry or go to that small group or whatever it is, or to maybe say yes to that friend who's like, let's go. Um, what I, I guess I do kind of wonder, how do you overcome that? Or, or how do you be the friend to get the one who's, who's maybe not into it or, mm, yes. or even what's the hesitancy, you know? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I resemble that remark because when our parish started that man is you, and they were talking about small group conversation. The thought I had in my mind, I would rather be poked in the eye with a sharp stick than talk about my feelings with a bunch of guys I don't know very well. Right. And and, yeah. I, and I didn't at that time have that network within Church of the Resurrection. So the first time I was called and invited, I didn't, nor the second time, nor the third. So, so Amanda, sometimes it is calling someone and inviting and asking them and and being kind but persistent but the other part then what I experienced is when I was in that meeting I was the quiet one just listening but there were a number of uh, various guys who I respected and I thought wow these guys they just have it all together I'm not good enough to be here I'm just so broken that this is not going to be for me but then the more I listened, I'm like, wow. That, guy, that guy's a bigger mess than I am. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and and so then I began to get a little more comfortable. Yeah. And as you get to learn each other's story, and we all have junk and trials and tribulations. We're all broken in different ways. But then I began to come out of my shell a little bit and contribute and learn and gain from them. Um, and so back to the third point, really, in all this is – it's it's being able to share that experience with others that if something is holding you back your pride your ego which by the way tools of the devil to hold you back um open your heart to say yes and go see Hmm. um and so it's a huge difference huge difference in my life todd todd trion scott muhlbauer from the uh, columbus catholic men's uh leadership team uh, and we're talking just about men's ministry and, and, and friendship and taking taking steps, uh, either as the one that uh, is 
goes first <laughs> or those that kind of step into the breach after them. So Scott, were were you the inviter or the invited when when your experience with men's ministry? So to be honest, for years, every time the ministry hours happened, I was always gone with the military that weekend. I, I, there was always something going on. Well, my wife will tell you, most of the time I was always gone. So that being said, about three years ago, four years ago, uh, one of our brother knights dragged me along. He was actually, I think I was the grand knight at the time for St. Paul's okay. Council. And the deputy grand knight, he dragged me along to it. And it was kind of one of that the famous men's statements. So if you were out there, men, listening, yes, it's a long day, but you know what? It's rewarding, it's fulfilling, and it's worth every part of it when the day is over. Hmm. At that point, then you recognized a need or perhaps uh, a benefit that would come out of it. It was a huge benefit. And Go, Going into it, though, yeah, did you recognize in, that there might be something there for you? Or I did was not. it just, yeah? I was completely blindsided. And now, uh, I, you know, reluctantly not going to all of a sudden now I'm like leading it. So thank you, Father Wilson. <laughs> yeah. At what point then, for both of you, uh, uh, Todd or Scott, how far into it, how much time had you spent before you became the guy that was inviting others? How much time transpired? For me, it was probably two to three years. Um, and I think it has to do with where I was in my faith life journey. Uh-huh. Um, I was working crazy long hours, and initially it was like, oh, wow, really? Get there at 6 a.m. and then drive to work and then have an extra long day? Um, but it it goes a little bit to the not good enough part that was inside me, that it just took me a while to get through it, combined with a few other steps along the way, that uh, then it just, I don't know, a switch flipped, and it's like, this is awesome. More guys need to experience this. I can't keep this to myself. And then you become, instead of the invited, now you're the invite-er. Invitee-er. Scott, in the military, the training and the, uh, the whole um, culture, I guess, is about pulling together. I came up in a, in, a, in a corporate culture where it was more every man for himself and very alone in that regard. You, you, you don't show weakness. You show weakness, you're not going to get the promotion. You know, you're not going to get the, the good assignments, whatever. It, it, is, is there that difference, though, between a military career and, and still, the corporate you culture? You still have some of that with the corporate culture as in the military, because you're looking for that promotion. Sometimes, you know, the three of us are the greatest buddies in the whole world, but Mm -hmm. uh, they're only picking one of us to go. So, but you have to have that humility to be, to do the best, but as long as you're not stepping on your brothers or brothers in arms or whatever in that statement. Mm -hmm. And that was a big shift for me then in, in, with men's groups, uh, journeying to Christ where there where we all win, right? And, and, and they're really, you, you don't want to leave somebody behind. You don't want to step on somebody to get a better seat at the table. And, and that was a big shift for me 
uh, personally to um, just really want to cheer each other on to succeed. I guess the statement for me with the, the better seat at the table, I'm the opposite. I would rather make sure that every, I get everybody else to the table in front of me mm-hmm. and carry them, push them, or pull them, or whatever I got to do to get them there. Yeah. And I know there's two of you out there listening right now that I'm, <laughs> I'm doing that right now in your life. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of culture did you come up in, Todd? Yeah, Dave. So my uh, my experience is somewhat similar to yours. I, I gosh, 33 years in corporate America, four different Fortune 500 companies. And, and so early in my career, it was um, more of a single contributor. I spent time in strategic accounts, selling, and you're kind of uh, on your own out there. But then as you uh, look for other opportunities and begin to manage people and teams, I had to really shift my behavior. And, and it took a few bumps and bruises along the way because you're right. In that kind of corporate culture, you can't show weakness. You've got to be confident, and, and then especially if you want people to follow you, you need to be confident. But you also, at some point then, I learned uh, it became more enriching to develop others than to develop myself did that come out of you being a disciple of christ it did because see here's the thing i was running kind of a parallel track so as i was going through that man as you this is over 10 years ago Mm -hmm. it began to have an impact in my life and so i used to compartmentalize things yeah that's a great way to put it and i would wear a different mask so I would have a mask on in the corporate world, and then I would have this 30-minute drive to come home, and then I'd take that mask off and put the family mask on, and then I would put on my faith mask on Sundays. And, and so whether it's uh, being good at your job or being good at a sport, you don't get good at it by doing it an hour a week. And you don't retain and get to know the art of that sport or that skill and and so I, for me part of what was also happening at that man is you and through men's conference and eventually through some retreats i began to invest a lot more time in my spiritual career if you will and so that opened my eyes and i think i started looking at people differently at work and it can't help but not to carry over mm. it, so as i'm listening both dave and todd you uh, describe this corporate, maybe solo mindset go-getter to maybe this transition into maybe a more communal, let's root on others mindset. Was that was that something you maybe recognized and had to actively work out or just with your walk with Christ, it just kind of started to come about? For me, I, I didn't even realize how exhausting it was to have the different masks. Mm. until I realized that I was wearing different masks sure. and and there was such a freedom then I, I, I you know, you're in a, a corporate career and or in, in a military or um, for decades and, and you're carrying that burden. I didn't even realize it was a burden uh, until, uh, until I started following Christ and realized just how tiring and exhausting it was. Like you said, Todd, having one on at work, switching the masks when you pull in the driveway at home, and then 
having that other one when you're around men, you know, in men's ministry or uh, the the religious mask. And, and there was a real freedom there. I remember about 10 months ago, Todd and I met with uh, our group. No one else showed up, and it was just him and I having breakfast, if you recall that. And I was in leadership for a long time in corporate America. And one of the discussions was, I hated having, I, I don't know if I'd go with the word mask. I don't know if I wear masks, but the hat that I had to wear, mm-hmm. I couldn't even discuss. And, and I've had people come to me where they're like falling apart. And it's just obviously sitting there looking at them that you're missing something that's very huge in life. And I can't discuss it here at work, but, you know, if you want to talk outside of here, I would tell you. But And, you know, these people were truly missing the boat. Hmm. Well, I think my, my, my family, I think my wife saw it long before I did. And, and I'm sure there's guys that I worked with that saw it, but no one really said anything or maybe, and or maybe they even did. And I was too dense and, you know, so, so committed to, to that silo or to that compartment to really, to really listen to them. Scott Mulba, uh, Mulepower and Todd Trion here with us in the cafe, leaders of the Columbus Catholic Men's Conference coming up on Saturday, February 24th at the Case of Call Ohio Expo Center. John Edwards, Chris Stefanik, and Father Burke Masters uh, will be the speakers. There'll be adoration, reconciliation, the mass, breakfast, lunch, lots of opportunities for, uh, for community and fellowship. The theme this year is the Eucharist go deeper when when was your first conference Todd 10 years ago yeah the 17th annual yeah that's right that's right and and there's a pattern here I'm a bit of a slow learner right so as I think about um, that conference itself again it was one of those at about that time where I'm starting to kind of move along my faith life journey, and just showing up was one thing for me, but I was just blown away when I saw 2,500 other guys singing, praying. Yeah. Yes, it's true, real men pray. Um, and But it was just, it was odd to me because I'd not experienced something like that, but there was something there that drew me back. But at some point, you probably attended motivational seminars and and business conferences, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and there was an element of that, but there was also an element of, of fellowship. And, yeah. And, and, and the, the thing that, it was my eighth conference, actually, where Father Larry Richards was speaking. That's the one that left the mark for me, and it changed my faith life trajectory. Um, because, frankly, at that time... I wasn't a regular attendee of reconciliation or confession, and there were some things weighing me down. And as he spoke, I felt like he was talking directly to me. And as we talked about earlier, I've been a call to action. So I've been called to ask for mercy, uh, but I was struggling with it, back to that not quite good enough thing. And so that day I went to confession. Mm. And of the 50 confessors that are there. <laughs> Who do you think yeah. I end up with, right? So you're walking down this row. He's there waving me in. I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, uh, eye contact. No, no eye contact. Uh, uh. Oh, yeah. And I seriously thought I'm walking straight through and I am leaving, you know, because the guilt, the 
burden I was carrying, but it's like he just reached out, grabbed me, pulled me in. And he said, good morning, Todd. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for you. Um, and from there, things really began to change for me. And so um, the Catholic Men's Conference, ever since that point in time, it's just had a very special place in my heart. And again, that's something I want to share with others, which is why I think, like Scott, we're, we're so deeply involved in this ministry, trying to reach men across the state. And, and this literally is one of the biggest conferences in the world, one of the or not the world, United States, gathering of no, men. No, let's go world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe world, I don't know. Globally. But, but at least in the United States, we know yeah. it's it's one of the longest standing and, and largest conferences for men, yeah. and it's it's awesome. I saw Father Larry's uh, voice in my head also. It, it, uh, no Bible, no breakfast, no mm. Bible, no bed. Yeah, I can, can hear it. But the the day of that conference, uh, was, was talking to him, and he, he's like, because we broadcast both the women's conference and the men's conference. And he said, uh, may not want to, uh, air the, uh, confession talk live. <laughs> like, okay. Um, he's like, yeah, the gloves are going to come off. Yeah. And so, so I can't even remember. I think we just did a, uh, uh, a conversation there at the, at the broadcast table rather than, and he was right. I mean, he, he knows, he knows the Lord and he knows the issues that men face. And I think a lot of guys who had been away from the sacrament returned that year um, because he convicted them. Yeah, and he's a, he, he comes across sometimes as gruff, you know, the son of a Pittsburgh cop and mm -hmm. father was an alcoholic. So he, he'd been kind of through a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it was, I think, that direct conversation that just beat me up. And, and one of the things that he said um, that day that, that really, really struck me was, who are you not to think that our Lord can forgive you? The creator of the universe, why are you fighting with God over that point? I'm like, duh. <laughs> that's probably not a fight I'm going to win. <laughs> Maybe this is the time. Yeah. Scott Muehlbauer, Todd Trion from the men's leadership team. We're talking about the upcoming conference, uh, Columbus. It's the 27th annual Catholic men's conference. Correct. Saturday, February 24th at Case Call, Ohio Expo Center. When was your first conference, Scott? Four years ago. Okay. Do you remember who were the speakers then? Do you remember? I don't recall. Yeah. With you. Yeah. But, um, I mean, what stood out from the day? What, what happened that day that said, maybe I'll do this again next year? Or did you even walk out with that feeling and you had to be convinced the next year? Honestly, I, I went to that, I'm being a true man and making a true man statement, going to that conference and being away from something and having the day off where I was that list of stuff that I needed to do didn't get done. And I kept thinking to myself, and it was later that, later that month that something mm -hmm. that I pulled back onto one of the statements that was said by one of the speakers, and then it slowly changed. Mm. Purposely, the the conference is in February. Hmm. There there are fewer outside temptations the third week of February than there are Lent. in in June or July. You know the golf courses aren't open. You know, there's not a whole lot of outdoor activities that can happen. So, well, it's the great part. It's the second week of Lent. 
That's right. It's after the Super Bowl. <laughs> football season's done. All That's the it. And Ash Wednesday's on Valentine's Day this year. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, we talked about uh, compartmentalizing. What 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 is the um, I guess the dynamic? We're we're encouraging men to bring others along with them talking about breaking through into different areas of their lives. Do we overcomplicate the thinking on, on invitations? I mean, do we, we know the fruits that we've had by being involved in ministry and men's men's ministry specifically, but because we've all experience transformation and breakthrough do sometimes we try to oversell it that that next step and and say your life will be transformed by taking this you have step. to know your audience yeah. you have to know who you're talking to and you know you have to know your personal friends or someone that you can able to touch i mean we live in a society right now where god is not an okay thing people taboo it well that's wrong it's mm-hmm. who we are it's our cloth it's what makes us what what breaks me so yeah you should be able to reach out and, and discuss anything with anybody but you have to be able to hit the format what you can or where you can't say it mm-hmm. i mean todd how, how do you invite guys yeah i think scott's right do you if- share your experience is it coming from this is what it did for me or is it um just spend spend the day together be with us and it depends how do you present it yeah it depends right and so i I think one it's as scott mentioned either if you know your audience do you have an existing relationship with that man that's one thing um also sometimes it's it's knowing and reading the situation we're often very busy we're running from one thing to the next so to give your history and faith sharing that might take, you know, 20 to 30 minutes to get it all out there, that's not going to happen. So what's your 30-second elevator pitch? And and that's one of the things that more recently I've been focused on. Um, but I think the most important thing is when you're kind of in that moment with someone, ask for guidance from the Holy Spirit. Yes. And, yeah. and then just let it go because you don't always have to have the planned words and do it the right way but but part of it is to put a little invite out there and then be willing to come back and offer up hey let's have coffee sometime or grab a beer um, and and begin to open and when they begin to understand that you actually care about them rather than you're just trying to get them to do something it's not a sales pitch exactly did any of you have wives that also prompted you to go? Is that a is that a thing? Well, I, I will say uh, my wife um, has probably been one of the strongest people in my life. I'm sorry, I'm not getting loud enough. Um, both of us were cradle Catholics, and before her, I I went 50 weeks out of the year to Mass. I was that guy that wouldn't go to Christmas and I wouldn't go to Easter because I always gave my seat up. Well, then... And with her, no, we go every week mm-hmm. like I'm supposed to. I can't I can't lie, though. 
Monsignor Funk used to tease me that I wouldn't come on Christmas and Easter, so we miss Miss uh, Father. Um, excuse me, Monsignor Funk. But yeah, I think uh, my beautiful bride has been my my uh, strong point in my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, it was more getting involved in in the Knights of Columbus or, or smaller groups. Okay. It's more of the introvert in me that I just don't like being around that many people. <laughs> sure. yeah. And then, you know, praise God, uh, we have responsibilities here now that gets me there before the traffic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, can walk in a little bit earlier, but... Um, it was the encouragement of other men that really said, you know, just step out. You know, th- this is really uh, a good day and, and, and we'll do it together. Mm-hmm. Kind of back to the, uh, the four guys and, and, and the paralytic. They knew they had a, a better sense of the situation, the, the situational awareness, you know, and, and, they, and they knew me well enough that I'd probably been invited once or twice and they, and they sensed some hesitation, but they persevered and, and asked and, and finally hit on, well, we'll let, let's just do it together and, and we'll have a nice day together. Mm-hmm. And, and that was what finally got me to step forward. How about your, your situation? Yeah, it's probably much more similar to yours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife has, has always been supportive, but um, it was more of, that kind of slow toe in the water, take a step, take another step. Okay, now, gosh, the water's up to my chest. I'm in now. (laughs) (laughs) And then looking back, it just kind of happened. Um, but, but I think that's, that's part of the journey, which is, is often very different for each and every one of us. Um, but it always begins with taking that next step. I guess I differ from you. I'm usually no. the plunge guy. <laughs> <laughs> you do the cold water plunge? All in or all out. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Dave, you had just brought back up the the gospel that we had read this morning. And another thing that I was struck by towards the end of that gospel was Jesus telling him, rise, pick up your mat and go home. And I circled home and I was like, okay, Jesus, why why did you tell him to go home? Like what's, what's going on there? And I was just struck by with our conversation this morning, this idea of, well, maybe to give testimony, maybe to serve, maybe whatever he received to then go and proclaim the goodness that he received. And so I I think that fits very, very well into what the conversation we're having is not only have you all expressed going to men's conference, but also taking the step to then, okay, well, let me step by step, maybe go a little deeper or join, join a men's ministry that keeps me going regularly or, and then inviting people. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, sticking with the conference for a moment, some of the speakers that we have this year, um, if we can get men there and, men who will just answer the invitation to show up and give up part of their day, I'm 100% convinced that their spiritual health will will just dramatically improve because it will be from the stories that these men tell. Um, John Edwards is an example. I mean, here's a guy. We were talking about the corporate world before. He spent 23 years in the corporate world at Napa. Um, he did sales, was like 
leading sales for them for a number of years, but he got himself into trouble. And and the trouble was in the form of an addiction. Yeah. Don't give away too much. We're, we're going to be interviewing him, and I, and I really want to find out how to tell enough of the story to intrigue guys, but it's such an intense story. It's I will make big. this statement no matter what I'm doing on Saturday. I don't care what's on fire or what I got to chase when John Edwards is coming on. I'm stopping, and I'm going to probably take my headset off and completely yeah. listen to John. Amen. It's yeah, it, it, it's big with, with his story and and going home after you know, the the paralytic after the healing. That's actually a really big part of um, of healing for him happened when he went back into his home and having to. You know, this paralytic, we don't, that's one of those details that's missing. We, we don't know if he was married. We don't know if he had children. We, but he's walking back into his home, a different person. Mm. And what needs to be changed then in his life, in his home. It was his daughter coming. Going forward, you know. It's so he's not the same person coming back. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all experienced that also after having transformation. Are, are we going to have the same home life? Are we walking? Are we going to change the home or are we going to somehow put that mask back on? That's exactly right. Um, and so that he had been for a while struggling, knowing that he needed to make changes. Yeah. And he kept trying air quotes uh since we're on the radio but it wasn't until he had that whether he hit the bottom or had that deep personal encounter with jesus christ that then he said all right now i can do this and i'm not alone and and through love and support and and our good lord he then started on that journey and and everything changed for him Mm -hmm. and so it's it's such a powerful story and and so he and of himself will make attending part of your day on a Saturday, the men's conference, just worth it 100%. But 100%. Then, and then we've got uh, Father Brooke Masters. So here's a guy who um, many men will relate to as sports guys. He mm-hmm. was a baseball player in college. He hit a grand slam to get his team to the College Baseball World Series at Mississippi State. I didn't know that part. Okay. And and he wasn't uh, a practicing Catholic at the time. He went on, got his uh, degree, worked um, in insurance as an actuary, but God kept calling him. He eventually converted to Catholicism um, and then to the priesthood, and, and now he's hitting home runs for our Lord. So he's got another great story. Um, and then, of course, our third speaker, Chris Stefani. Gosh, here's a guy who has just given so much. Um, received a uh, papal award, a medal from our Pope, and uh, because he he just reaches nearly 800,000 people in live seminars each year, and then millions through his TV and podcasts, and um, he'll just light people up with a story of love and and joy. And, and I think maybe it comes all the way back to another point earlier. We were talking about, Amanda, you had asked a question. I've been thinking about it. And it's when you will the good of the other that, you know, 
when you are looking for friends, sometimes they're hard to find. But mm. when you're out there to be a friend, they're everywhere. Mm. And and so what do I mean? Well, if you begin to will the good of the other, and it's, it's there's a brotherhood, there's love there, and it's just not a, a guy thing. But for guys, when we can begin to do that, um, that's part of why we're putting the time in to put on this conference to get guys to come because we want others to benefit in the ways that we have. To register, you can go to com. We have registrations for both the women's conference, which is happening on Saturday, February 17th, and the men's conference on Saturday, February 24th. You can register for both at com, Or to find out, the conference is one piece of uh, of Catholic men's ministry in Columbus to find out all the things that are happening on all the small groups, uh, ways to pray together. Uh, you can visit catholicmensministry.com. A big part of Catholic men's ministry is this year, February 25th, the day after the conference. Uh, what do you guys have planned uh, for the rest of 2024 and, and how are we going to, uh, invite men into uh, the day after. Well, on a positive note, Todd is the leader of, of us having the two small mini conferences. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a spectacular thing because his statement was, you can't just do this once a year and then forget about God and show up again next year. Yeah. And there's it's it, it's a, another kickstart. It's something that keeps active. And I've helped him manages the last two that we had at the St. Paul and at uh, St. Catharines. Help is an understatement. <laughs> Scott's got big, broad shoulders. Without him, we would not have been able to pull all this together. But but I do I do want to build on that point, and it's, it, we call it continue the conversation. Okay. Um, and so, you know, for some men, there's a bit of a mountaintop sort of experience. You come out of the conference, and you're feeling great, and— um, so what's next? Well, a bit of a reveal as it relates to John Edwards. So our, our next mini-conference is going to be designed around his ministry of working with men's ministries in parishes across the country. And, and so his primary focus is either to, A, for a parish that doesn't have a men's ministry, to help them use a formula, and to start it. Uh, or for those that have a ministry, but they've kind of hit a lull, how do you reinvigorate and energize it? So following his talk at the conference, we're going to challenge men to say, hey, who here wants to be engaged in men's ministry as a leader uh, in your local parish? And if you um, want to be engaged, then come, because our next mini-conference is going to be a leadership summit led by John. And so we're working with him to lay out the agenda for that, but it'll be another half day on a Saturday. He will fill your toolbox mm-hmm. to help. Emotionally, spiritually, and with the, with the hammers and, and the screwdrivers that you need. <laughs> Very nice. Coming back to today's gospel, um, the four guys and, and the paralytic uh, had a mountaintop experience, so to speak, on that day when, when, he, when he was healed. There's no reason to think, though, when they when Christ sends the paralytic back into his home, that it that it stopped there. 
I mean, these guys cared about each other mm. uh, enough to get to the house that day to cut open the roof, to lower the paralytic down for the healing. But they went on, and and that's one of those details that's left unsaid. But there's no reason to think that they didn't continue to walk together. Right. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure they reminisced about that day. Yeah, you know, and John cut through the roof, but. Uh, the journey together from that point, I, I think was really probably something really special for the five of them. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is, uh, all about providing those opportunities. It's your statement earlier, Cam, when he talked about the two of them being thrown in the fire, mm-hmm. you now have something that will put you together for life. Outstanding. Scott. Todd, thanks for being with us today. Again, the details, uh, February 24th, called to be saints. The Eucharist, go deeper, is this year's theme. Saturday, February 24th, Kesa call at the Ohio Expo Center. Register for for both the women's and the men's conference by going to stgabrielradio.com. Final words of encouragement. We have just about two minutes left. Todd, you're always the one Come and see. Mm. Come and see. Mm-hmm. Join the conference this year. Uh, see why it's one of the biggest and, and best in the country. It got built to that, right? And, and it's by built by men showing up. And so, yeah. We had that discussion last night. Father Wilson brought it up that how it used to be in parishes itself. Mm-hmm. Until it got too big, it had to go to the Expo Center. Scott Muehlbauer, Todd Treon, thanks for being in the cafe with us this morning. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Yeah, coming up on Monday, we're talking obedience. Oh, one of my favorite topics, <laughs> obedience. We're going to be with uh, Brother Michael Hurley uh, from Christ the King, and Dan Boyden Jr. will be back here uh, in the cafe. So, folks, have a great weekend. We'll be back with you Monday morning at 8 o'clock. Amanda, have a great weekend. Thanks. You too, Dave. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.